Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings, Podcast 109. I only really sort of kind of have one topic this time. Not even really a good fleshed out idea. Normally I, I have an idea and I'll take notes and I'll think about it and think about it some more and make some more notes. This time I couldn't really think of anything, so I just have like a vague topic. And I will probably ramble a little bit about Star Trek Into Darkness. And I'm not sure what else I would do, because like I said, I don't really have anything for this time, and there's not really much going on in my life. So, hopefully, you'll enjoy the show. So I don't have any new games, and there aren't any games I've really not finished, you know, pretty much finished them all. And I've been sort of sad lately, so I haven't done a lot of online stuff, or just in general, haven't done a whole lot of gaming overall. But at work, I do have five hours where I pretty much just sit on my butt, and I'll usually watch a movie and play some games. And for the past... I don't know, at least four months, maybe longer, I have had no connectivity from work. There's like a free city-based wireless thing I could sometimes connect to. It didn't used to be this bad, but it's been weeks and weeks since I've connected at all. So I've been kind of forced to just do games that are, you know, offline and whatever I have on my system. Otherwise, you know, if I can get a connection, I'll, I'll surf some forums or maybe watch some shows online, or maybe just kind of mess around and look at whatever news is out there. You know, killing time kind of stuff. But with no connection, you know, I I have no choice but to do what is on my system. So lately, I have sort of made a return to playing XCOM Enemy Unknown. And I'm trying to do, like, the super hard settings. I originally tried to do Impossible, but that was just way too hard. So I am now trying to get through Classic with Iron Man. And Iron Man is basically you can't save the game unless you're going to exit. It effectively saves after pretty much every move you make. So, you know, if you make any mistakes, you're stuck with them, as it were. Anyways, kind of besides the point as to what difficulty I am playing. But it kind of surprised me to see all of the bugs in the game that were there at launch and I had pretty much completely forgotten about them, but as soon as I started playing again, it's like, oh yeah, there's that, oh there's that, oh there's that. And then it kind of surprised me, because it has been out since October of last year, so that's been, you know, seven or eight months that it's been out, and none of these bugs have been fixed. It's like, sure, I suppose all of these bugs are not game-breaking, in the same sense of you know, the recent SimCity online launch, you know, that was some fairly game-breaking bugs. You know, people couldn't get online, they couldn't connect, they couldn't stay connected. You know, so they couldn't play the game at all. With XCOM, the bugs are things like you'll get one person on one side of corner and another person on, you know, an opposite corner, basically, as it were. And they'll shoot through the wall at each other because they can see each other, you know, according to 
the strategic calculations. But in terms of, you know, the camera, the camera doesn't, you know, pan around to the side. They, they go and shoot each other and their models will go into the wall. And it's like, you know, they, they don't animate as to bending around the wall, you know, like they should if it was real. They just do the same animation as they do for shooting straightforward. They only have one shooting animation. And there's another bug where if, if they get a kill camera shot on them, the alien will shoot them. And as soon as they fly up into the air, their hair will disappear. And sometimes the equipment they're carrying will also disappear. And, you know, stuff like, you know, medical packs they were holding on the side of their belt, you know, suddenly disappear. So, you know, these aren't like game-breaking bugs in terms of they don't prevent the game from running correctly. But they are bugs that really bothered me at the launch of the game. And playing through it again, it's like, you know, some of these bugs really do bother me. Another one I'll get sometimes is that during the shot speed, time will slow down really, really slow. And sometimes it seems like the game is freezing for like a minute before the turn ends, you know, instead of uh, animation that should just be like 10 seconds, it goes and then it just kind of sits there for a minute. So again, that's not a critical game breaking bug, but it does, you know, heavily disrupt my enjoyment of the game, you know, in the same way that you know, I jokingly call it, oh, you got your hair shot off. Because, you know, when they get kill-shotted, their hair disappears, and that's kind of silly. I don't know if this topic is really helpful for any players, but I have known people in the past who refuse to buy games that have these kind of bugs. There have been people I've known who refuse to buy a game, you know, whether it's a single-player game or online game, for, you know, three to six months or until that first big patch comes out, because, you know, they they want to avoid these kind of bugs and immersion-breaking stuff, I guess you could say. But it sort of makes me wonder if sometimes the developers don't really care. I mean, on the one hand, you know, it is a business. These people are, you know, at their core in this, you know, job to make money. You know, they produce a product, they sell the product, they hope, you know, a lot of people buy the product at a set price. So they are pretty much, you know, always trying to make money. But I do know, you know, a lot of developers and a lot of, you know, especially the indie companies are out there because they are very passionate about gaming. They love the product they do. They take pride in what they do. Some companies like Blizzard, you know, some would argue they might go to a little bit too much of an extreme as to, you know, how much polishing they put into the game before launching. But when I see games like, you know, XCOM with these kind of really obvious bugs that are happening, you know, all the time. And granted, you know, it it might not be the case on console versions. It could just be the PC version. But it makes me wonder, you know, did the developer really care? You know, why haven't they fixed it in seven or eight months? You know, it seems like it would just be a little bit of recoding here and there. You know, if target A is on the other side of a corner from target B, you know, add an animation where they step a little bit further out to the side, or, you know, have the camera check, you know, are the targets we're showing in this reveal animation, you know, behind a wall? Because sometimes, you know, when the aliens come and you first see them, you know, they'll do this sort of surprise, oh, we've been spotted animation. And the camera will sometimes go a little crazy on that. It'll be like in the middle of a wall, and you'll see like half of the alien's face, or to be, you know, completely blocked by a wall and all you'll see is this bookshelf and, you know, you know the aliens are behind the bookshelf, but you don't actually see them. So it's like, 
seeing these kind of bugs, it really makes me wonder, do the developers not care? You know, why have they not fixed them in, you know, seven or eight months? It's like, yes, it takes a long time to fix these kind of things, but it's been kind of a long time. Also, they haven't released any real expansion content, you know, in terms of downloadable content. There was one thing they added that's like, it's like three missions and they're kind of a a small thing. I haven't played through, you know, deep enough in the content to possibly see them all. I've seen two different ones they added. But it's like a lot of the developers will release, you know, a big chunk of downloadable content for a game, you know, within those first four months, maybe six months at the most. And, you know, they're sizable expansions. They take, you know, five or ten hours to complete in most cases. And so it's like you really get the feeling that those developers are you know, really kind of working their butt off. They they enjoy the game. They want players to have more of the game they enjoy. And, you know, they do put out downloadable content. So it makes me wonder, you know, with things like XCOM that do have these pretty major, you know, not game-breaking, but certainly immersion-breaking bugs, you know, do the developers care? Do they not care? Because they're still around. It's been seven or eight months. You would think it would have been fixed by now. So again, you know, I don't know if this topic really helps anybody in any way certainly is a shout out to developers that you know if you make a product you know clean up those real game breaking and immersion breaking bugs you know as quick as you can because people like me you know we see that stuff we may forget you know over time if enough time passes but it's certainly you know a black mark against them I would certainly hesitate to buy anything from them in the future you know that same developer Or I would certainly, you know, wait for reviews and see what the reviews say. You know, do they have those kind of visual bugs again? And it really, you know, makes me wonder, do they really care? Do they not really care? Are they passionate about making games? Or are they just passionate about making a profit? And, you know, as sad as it is to say, you know, as a game lover, some of these developers really might just be in the business to make profit and not really care about if the game is really polished or if it comes out really buggy and I think you know we as consumers and players have to keep an eye on that space the final frontier these are the voyages of the starship enterprise its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations to boldly go where no man has gone before. As promised last time, this is the section of the podcast I go, woo, 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 oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, woo, 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 woo. I saw Star Trek Into Darkness, and it was pretty much everything I had hoped for. Much like I said in, I think I did a review of the original Star Trek, All of the elements of the characters which are there, you know, in the original classic form are still there. You know, they are still who they are at the core of the character. And they've added sort of a, you know, new school style slash take on the characters. And I think it works out really, really well. As pretty much everybody knows by now, Star Trek Into Darkness is basically a retelling of the conflict with Khan Noonien Sung. And there are both elements of the original Wrath of Khan, 
and sort of a lot of aspects that they've added or changed, you know, to the history of the character, which is a good thing. You know, it's, it's all very cool, and I like all the changes. And the changes actually do make a lot of sense, because in the original series, you know, they met Khan in a certain setting, and, you know, a certain set of events happened, and then, you know, we didn't see him again until, you know, the second movie, The Wrath of Khan. So in the new universe, I guess you could call it, they're taking him, you know, in a different way because his character was, you know, discovered in a different way and, you know, took a different path. The story seems kind of a lot bigger and yet a lot smaller at the same time in terms of scope because the sort of events that happen in the movie all kind of take place really in sort of, I guess you could say, three different locations. There's a lot of stuff going on with Starfleet Academy when we start. And then there's some stuff going on on the ships. And then there's sort of a second, I guess, style of uh, what's going on with the ships. Because, you know, they're different ships and they're doing different things. So it's sort of kind of like three main sections, I guess you could say. Or as opposed to the first one, I don't know quite how to describe it. But the first one kind of felt more like a steady journey. You know, we're here and then we're going here and then we're going here and then we're going here. It's sort of a straight progression, whereas this one feels like, you know, there's more and less going on because, you know, some stuff happens and they go out and then they come back and some other stuff happens. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make much sense, but I really liked how the story went. I did catch two references to the original, um, I guess you could say timeline for the classic crew. Maybe they will tie in and expand on what those were. Maybe not. Maybe they're just like a reference for those of us who are fans of the original series. Maybe there was even more references and I only caught the two. I don't know. But I liked it a lot. It was pretty amazing. Certainly worth seeing if you were a fan of the original Star Trek movie. And again, you know, as I think I said when I reviewed the first one, if you're a fan of the classic Star Trek, you will definitely want to go out and see this one. I saw it in IMAX 3D. And I would probably recommend that people, you know, who do see in 3D go see it that way. I know some people don't see 3D. It doesn't work for them. Or I think probably red-green colorblind people would probably have an issue with an IMAX 3D because they are slightly tinted. So that might affect things. But the 3D is all really awesome. They don't do anything like, you know, point at your face and go, oh, this is such awesome depth. They're going for more of a, you know, realistic style where it's kind of subtle. You know, you know it's there and it makes sense, you know, from a, a perspective standpoint. But there are a few sort of subtle effects where it just looks really amazing. Like one very super minor spoiler is when the Enterprise goes into warp and they leave behind warp trails. You know, the ship goes, you know, 3D, it goes away from you and then the warp trails remain in 3D. So you're like, whoa, so pretty. And there's, you know, a few other scenes where the depth really adds a lot to the scene. And, you know, it would work fine in not 3D. But I think, you know, a few scenes are certainly much more impressive in 3D. As a whole, I really liked the movie and I thought it was awesome. There was only one part where I was like, that kind of doesn't make sense. Why didn't they do this other choice? But as a whole, you know, it was very enjoyable. They did change a few things up from the original classic Star Trek 
timeline. But, you know, that's what they're doing in the movies. So, you know, that works. And, you know, since it's a different timeline, you know, it makes sense that it happens a little bit differently. And I can't think up what else to say about it without being kind of spoilery. The effects were really awesome. The music seemed a lot like the music in the first movie. I don't know how much of it was different. I do see why people say J.J. Abrams uses too many lens flares. There was a pretty ridiculous amount of lens flare. But overall, you know, I really loved it. And I would highly recommend people go see it. I found treasure not where I thought Peace of mind can't be bought Still I believe I just hang So that is it for this Rabbit's Rumblings podcast. There's no Pirates Treasure. I haven't got one in forever. There was no news because I, I don't think there is any news. I know there are some more cool movies coming in the future. And summer's going to have a ton of cool movies. I don't know what is next on my list or how close it is. I should probably figure that out to get that in the news. So you guys know, you know, at least, you know, couple weeks to a month in advance there's one very sad thing about my life that's kind of been there for a long time this bit will get a little sad so if you don't want to hear about my sad life and sad stories you might want to just go ahead and skip towards the end or just stop listening now because it's the end of the podcast i haven't had dental coverage in quite a long time and my teeth have been deteriorating for a number of years and they have gotten much worse lately something kind of happened that made me give them a, a serious look and there are some that are considerably worse than I thought so I don't know you know how long they will last but it's certainly not very long I won't go into too many details here if you want to see much more details you can check out the epic fail writings I do about my sad homeless life you know, covering this time period, and then, you know, you can read about it. But basically, the short version is my parents kind of didn't really support me when I was young in terms of dental care. They were kind of like, brush your teeth, and I said, no, I, I don't want to brush my teeth because the bubbles and the, the um, toothpaste make me gag and choke, and I feel like I'm going to throw up, so I don't like doing it. And they basically took the attitude of, do it or don't do it at all. And then I'm like, well, fine, you know, if I'm going to choke and feel like I'm going to throw up, I won't do it at all. And then pretty much my whole life, dentists have just kind of ridiculed me for that and, you know, insulted me. And, you know, that was probably, you know, something I could have maybe changed if I looked around and found, you know, a, a good dentist. I am sure, you know, most of the dentists out there are not, you know, insulting towards their patients and they are you know, caring and, and supportive. Because, I mean, you know, why else would they be in the profession, you know, if they didn't care about people, you know, and, and getting them better? It is part of the medical profession, and I, I assume, you know, a lot of the motivation for why they joined it, you know, is the same for any doctor. But anyways, um, because of those 
you know, I, I never really cared for my teeth in terms of, you know, taking care of them until sort of lately. And, you know, lately it's it's kind of too late. So, um, you know, the point of this, this big rambly bit is, you know, if you have little ones, if you have people that care about you, you know, even just towards yourself, you know, if there is an issue, you know, uh, especially of health issue, you know, that you need to take care of and that you don't, you know, like doing in the traditional way, you know, be accepting of that, you know, especially if it's, you know, a little one or a loved one. And, you know, support them in a way that they they are okay with. You know, find a way that is, you know, an ultra way of doing it, but taking care of them, you know, as they need to be taken care of. Because it's like, I'm sure, you know, if when I was little, instead of being so negative, my parents just said, well, brush as good as you can with, you know, no toothpaste, just use warm water, and then, you know, be super diligent about it and be super diligent about flossing your teeth. I'm sure, you know, now my teeth would be just fine. But I mean, you know, with with this, there are alternatives and there are alternatives that would have been, you know, just as effective pretty much if I was super diligent about it. But because I never got that, you know, base level of support, because there was, you know, constant insulting towards me, you know, it really made me feel like, you know, not taking care of myself. And that's something now you know, that I I really regret, and, you know, I'm really sad about that. And it's really kind of, you know, embarrassing, because that's just, you know, yet another thing in my life, especially right now, that it seems like, you know, everybody else has, and I'm the only one, you know, who has this huge issue. And it makes me feel, you know, more like an outsider. So I guess, you know, as a, a sad ending message, you know, take care of the ones you love and yourself. And, you know, be supportive of people. And if they say they don't like something or they don't want to do something, you know, be okay with that. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to understand, you know, their reasons of why. You know, just be accepting. Say, okay, you know, we can do something else which will accomplish the same thing. And, you know, be okay with it and be supportive in that way. And hopefully I will see everybody next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. So you wonder what your part is Cause you're homeless and depressed But home is where the heart is So your real home's in your chest Everyone's a hero in their own way Everyone's got villains they must face So again, you know, that's not a critical game big so again, that's not, you know, a critical grit. System's got more bugs than a bait store. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdot.com. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space. And be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. 
Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.